While Congress continues to grapple with the question of whether federal regulation to promote cybersecurity in the private sector is needed, the federal government can lead by example and substantially improve its security posture without spending more money. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfo Security and Information Security Media Group, and those words emanate from Franklin Reeder, who, along with other notables in government information security, has authored a white paper entitled Updating U.S. Federal Cybersecurity Policy and Guidance, Spending Scarce Taxpayer Dollars on Security Programs that Work. I'm pleased to welcome back Franklin Reeder. Thanks, Frank, for taking time to chat. Always good to talk to you, Eric. The report is the latest of a series of occasional papers from the Center for Strategic and International Studies that followed up on the landmark work of the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th Presidency, which the CSIS sponsored. The paper focuses on actions that the federal government can take without legislation and discusses three major steps the government can take to improve cybersecurity, requiring continuous monitoring, recognize the growing importance of the Department of Homeland Security, and identifying ways to cross over what you describe as the acronistic bright line established between national security and non-national security systems. First off, aren't these things the federal government is already doing? To a large extent, they are. And I guess this reflects the fact that we're as much trying to give impetus to efforts already underway as uh, claiming as Columbus might have to have discovered a new land. We'll go into each of these areas in a moment. This shouldn't be confused as, as, as the statement I read at the beginning from you to deal with this big controversy going on in Congress now about whether to regulate critical infrastructure, which is 85% owned by the private sector. This is really geared toward what's going on in the federal government. Yeah, in fact, the same legislation that the Congress has been, uh, I use the word grappling with, or probably more colorful verbs one might use, includes some FISMA reforms that would have given impetus to what we're suggesting here. But we think those can be implemented without legislation. This isn't to suggest that legislation is not needed with respect to private sector uh, technology infrastructure, but that there are things the administration that the executive branch can do without new authority, using authority it already has under FISMA to implement many of those reforms. And what would this authority be? It deals with the Office of Management and Budget. It's principally authority that is assigned to the Office of Management and Budget, both under its general organic statute dealing with the management of government and specifically the Federal Information Security Management Act of 2002, affectionately or sometimes not so affectionately known as FISMA. The three areas that you outline in this paper, one uh, deals with continuous monitoring, which is something we hear a lot about. And I think as the paper points out, continuous monitoring doesn't mean constant monitoring. Can you just back up a bit and tell us what exactly is continuous monitoring? Continuous monitoring, perhaps in contrast to regimes that preceded it, would replace or, or supplement to a large extent the periodic reviews, uh, certifications, and accreditations of, of systems that are done on a, usually a triennial basis, unless, I think in the words of the guidance, there is a major change to a system. What continuous monitoring would consist of is not a bunch of people sitting at a screen admiring what's going on, but rather the use of automated tools that are now proven. This is not a new idea. They've been in use for six or seven years to continuously monitor the security status, the configuration, the settings of a system, traffic coming into and out of the system and then flagging potential anomalies because by continuous monitoring, we don't mean simply admire the problem, but rather, as the report says, monitoring detection and then mitigation steps to prevent attacks or to reduce the effect of an attack. The notion here is that rather than, as had been the case in the past, agencies simply 
engaging someone to do a review from time to time. There are tools now available, and OMB has been encouraging their use. Again, this is not something that we suddenly discovered and are calling to their attention. In the process, and this is the other piece of it that I think becomes terribly important, sharing that information so that the Department of Homeland Security and others who maintain information sharing capabilities can identify patterns and trends and alert others to potential threats. All of this is intended to make us as agile as the people who are trying to undo us, uh, something that I think is, uh, uh, among other things, a subject of a recent uh, uh, rather important speech by uh, the Secretary of Defense. Related to this, uh, and another fascinating point I think that this white paper makes is the idea of securing the information and not necessarily the systems? As you noted, the, the report contains what we characterize as three major recommendations, but there are three others. One goes to changing subtly without doing violence to the statute, the definition of the unit that is to be managed or secured. The best analogy I can draw to this is, and I want to be careful about this, the way the Defense Department looks at security. It looks at the sensitivity of information and the characteristics of that information and the measures necessary to protect it. Now, clearly, there's a technology dimension. You know, to use a simple non-IT example, uh, you know, the Defense Department looks at secure spaces and the safes and stored. But we think that moving to an information-based rather than a hardware configuration-based approach to developing security makes a whole lot more sense. Would that take a lot of work? The whole mindset of people, how they operate now? Well, I think. Uh, <laughs> The latter, uh, not the former, and changing mindsets uh, obviously is not an easy thing to do, but certainly it does involve correctly uh, naming a mindset change. Another area that you talk about is, is recognizing the growing importance of the role of the Department of Homeland Security. Again, this is something that the Obama administration is promoting. As you mentioned, it, it appears in the Cybersecurity Act of 2012, the stalled legislation before the Senate. Why is it important to have DHS in this kind of a role? Again, as you know, OMB has already done this. There was a 2010 memorandum that redefined DHS responsibilities, but we think it would be strengthened by memorializing that in statute. I think in the report we identify uh, four or five taskings that we think ought to be assigned to the Department of Homeland Security. We recognize that in its early and formative years, for reasons that are understandable, uh, DHS didn't inspire a great deal of confidence. There are a number of folks who are still skeptical about its capacity. We're convinced that in recent years, they've beefed up that capability. And this is not the kind of program that, notwithstanding the fact that I know the institution, I worked there a long time and love it, that uh, OMB on a day-to-day -day basis can lead. It simply doesn't have the resources or the attention span. OMB would still have the responsibility of uh, approving the budgets or at least reviewing the budgets, right? That, that wouldn't change. And overall policy responsibility as it is assigned under FISMA, and we, we wouldn't envision that changing. The other area you talk about is identifying ways to cross over the acronistic bright line established between national security and non-national security systems to deal with the reality of the world we live in today. And uh, w what are these differences? And again, I think this is something the administration started moving on, correct? Yes, absolutely. A bit of history for those of your uh, listeners who are 
perhaps a little bit younger than I am. The 1987 Act grew in part out of a rather strong reaction to an initiative in the White House led by the President's National Security Advisor to make all cybersecurity a responsibility of the national security establishment. There was a concern, and I think continues to be a legitimate concern that the national security and, and intelligence communities whose responsibility sometimes involves surveillance and intrusion probably ought not to be solely responsible for protecting civil systems. They created in the 87 Act, in fact, what gave it wheels, if you will, in the Congress was a concern about the White House Directive, National Security Decision Directive 145, for those of you who want to look it up. It split the responsibility so that OMB was responsible for civilian or non-defense, non-national security systems and the Secretary of Defense and the then Director of Central Intelligence, since there wasn't a DNI, uh, were responsible for national security and intelligence systems. There are two realities that that split sort of flies in the face of. The first is that the line between national security and civil systems is blurry at best. It's not obvious to us that a would-be adversary is any less attracted to, shall we say, our water and power and banking systems than to our weapon systems. Exactly what in this day and age really is a system the destruction or tampering with which would threaten their national security is a fuzzy question, or the answer to that is, is fuzzy at best. The second is that the real competence, uh, particularly the technical competence in cybersecurity, resides in the national security and, and intelligence sectors. The National Security Agency is, uh, is a real center of excellence. Now, as a practical reality over the now 25 years since the enactment of the Computer Security Act, there's been good cooperation between the technical staffs at NIST and now DHS and NSA, and in fact, there is now a joint task force. The recommendation is really intended without doing violence to the provisions of the Computer Security Act and now FISMA to encourage and perhaps even institutionalize mechanisms that promote cooperation and use of the technical capacity of the defense and, and intelligence communities to protect what are notionally civil systems. We understand the, the civil libertarian civil rights concern with respect to matters like surveillance of, of domestic communications, but we think that those can be observed, those can be taken account of without creating a wall. Finally, the cost of all this or the savings that could come out of this. In announcing this, you quoted former NSA senior official Tony Sager saying the federal government is spending substantial sums on security measures that are either marginally effective or unmeasured in their effectiveness. So where are the savings coming from? My uh, colleague and co-author on this report, Alan Powler, uh, I think coined the term, maybe it wasn't his originally, but he uses it a lot, the security by triggering binder. We think that agencies are spending a lot of money, in fact, some have estimated in the tens of millions, if not more, doing periodic reviews that, as Tony said, have very little effect on security, so that we think that would more than cover the cost of implementing the kinds of uh, security automation that universal adoption of continuous monitoring monitoring, mitigation, the detection and mitigation would require. Uh, I hate to say this as an ex-OMB guy, we have not run the numbers, but we don't know of any agency that has needed more money to do continuous monitoring. Our poster children for this are the pioneering work done at State and now uh, the work being done at, at CMS and, and NASA. Well, thanks, Frank. Always a pleasure, Eric. I've been speaking with Franklin Reeder, 
who co-authored a new report updating U.S. federal cybersecurity policy and guidance for Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.